Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And we have a variety of different guests on the show. A lot of our listeners know that we've got CEOs for hospitals, health tech VCs, health tech partners, uh, anyone that's doing anything in health. And um, I'm really excited, though, today to have Lily Berniker on the show. So Lily is an investment associate at Collaborative Fund. And Lily's going to share a lot about how she thinks about the market in terms of health, in terms of impact. She's a very interesting, vast background that's touched a lot of these different facets of health that we always talk about and probably has some really interesting portfolio companies that that uh, they've been voting with their dollars with. But I don't want to steal our thunder. Lily, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time. Of course. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Lily. Well, um, take us back. Take us a little bit to your uh, origin story. Transport us to where you started. Maybe walk us through the series of events that have gotten you to where you're at today. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess it all starts. I was born in Houston, um, born and raised uh, to a doctor. Um, my dad's a physician, a practicing physician and researcher. Um, his brother's a doctor. His dad's a scientist. So um, kind of had the story written for me, I think, when I was born. I was definitely marked as, as the one that was going to be a doctor. Um, and I think like a lot of health entrepreneurs and founders and VCs, I did go down the route of being pre-med in college, went to Mars to take the MCAT, um, and then decided against actually pulling the trigger and going to med school, um, which might have broken my dad's heart a bit. Um, but like most practicing physicians these days, he has a bit of a love-hate relationship with the profession. So I, I like to think that he uh, has forgiven me by now. Um, but so I've been interested in healthcare just you know, ever since I can remember, worked in and out of bench research, worked in public health settings um, kind of around the world, in East Africa and South Africa, um, as, well in the, as well as in the U.S. And um, through kind of different experiences, I realized that practicing um, in a clinical setting um, wasn't going to see the impact for me personally that I, that I wanted to have. Um, so I got pretty interested in um, working at the systems level for public health. Um, I joined, after college, I joined a, uh, a social enterprise accelerator called Ashoka, which um, was all about um, supporting entrepreneurs around the world um, to design innovations that can transform systems. It was the motto. Uh, and so a lot of that work was in education, um, as well as in healthcare. Um, so I got kind of my first taste of uh, talking to founders and kind of understanding what drives folks to take the leap um, and how, and, and just getting to to people that see the world differently and, and see the world for what it can be. Uh, so got really excited about that, um, but wanted to kind of see the exact opposite end. Um, and so I moved to a consulting firm and ended projects um, across kind of public, nonprofit, and uh, um, private clients. So mostly in healthcare as well. So with international development organizations or uh, the U.S. government or uh, big pharma companies, um, mostly around access to um, pharmaceuticals or healthcare services. Um, and then did a few years of that. Um, again, got the bug to uh, start working with founders again. Um, 
And so then got really lucky and got to come on and join the Collaborative Fund team um, to help out with our fourth fund, um, which they closed last summer. So I've only been with the fund for a little over six months now um, and have the privilege of working with the consumer team um, and focusing on healthcare here. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Lily, this is great. Really appreciate your background. And, and uh, it's really exciting that you came from Ashoka and was there, you know, really profound group. Uh, but most more importantly, like a global mindset that changes the game, right? You know, they've brought the concept of like social impact, social entrepreneurship, you know, empathy at a global level and just thinking creatively. It feels like a modern uh, Justice League or Avengers team, right? <laughs> uh, that great leads. I love this quote of like, you know, just the concept of giving yourself permission once you, you know, getting out of your own way and give yourself permission to make a change and impact. And um, obviously what you guys are doing at Collaborative Fund is pretty profound on an impact level. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe one thing you're really super passionate about health? Like what are you excited about today and why you're excited about that? Totally. Um, so I think sometimes I, when I'm, in kind of head down thinking through kind of where the healthcare system is today. If I don't take a long enough view, I can be uh, not very excited. Um, but taking the long view um, and thinking about where we were like in the 50s or in the early 1900s, like pre-penicillin, like not even talking about like any digital technologies. Like um, if you look at it from that perspective, we're in a really amazing place. Um, in terms of the enabling technologies that we now have in terms of like radically improved quality of life that we can deliver all of these amazing treatments. It's really um, heartening to see. And then just, you know, being able to work at an early stage fund, I also get to get excited every day with, you know, tons of brilliant founders that are coming up with new innovative ideas for healthcare. So lots of excitement. I do not get very bored. Um, (laughs) But I think... Uh, what makes me really excited is um, some of the things that we can build on with some of these consumer-facing technologies. So I should say at Collaborative Fund, we focus, we're a consumer fund. Um, and so it's a really exciting time, I think, to work in healthcare and consumers because, you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about later, more and more of the healthcare dollar is potentially coming from consumers with different cost-sharing mechanisms. Um, and then with different risk-sharing models, there kind of aligning incentives through payers, providers, and patients that really um, be very consumer-driven. So I think there's a there's an awesome role for us to play there. Um, but I think simultaneously, it's really exciting time because consumers probably more than ever are uh, excited and aware and have the ability to actively manage their wellness. Um, and then there's these enabling technologies with smartphones and really easy digital communication pathways and really cheap diagnostics uh, technology like genome sequencing and all of these other things are all kind of coming to a head right now. And I think we have an awesome opportunity to build um, both digital applications, but also healthcare services that um, kind of take advantage of all of this foundation that we've now built up with telemedicine and with remote monitoring and sensors um, to create interventions that really extend the impact of the healthcare system beyond physical points of care. Um, And so I think while there's been a lot of talk about social determinants of health, and we all know that most of somebody's health is determined about 
what happens to them outside of the four walls of the doctor's office. I think we're really coming to a point with both technology and consumer awareness and provider interest and trust of new technological solutions to make that a reality. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I think generally across our portfolio, um, we've been able to have the privilege of seeing a few founders up close that are working in that with either virtual primary care or uh, at home, easy diagnostics, but unlocking new types of information um, to drive personalized care forward. Um, and it's just a really exciting time to be a consumer fund, especially, um, and get to work with healthcare founders. Absolutely. Absolutely, Lily. And it's really exciting. So you guys, you know, obviously are investing in a variety of different areas from a consumer standpoint. So like, it, it looks like you break it down, like from a city perspective, consumer perspective, money, kids health, right? Or kids and, and health. Mm -hmm. um, on the health side, right? You've done some good, interesting stuff on like the, the microbiome side. So like you biome and seed. And um, you've also had some other investments like Science Exchange and Whoop. But maybe tell us a little bit about you know, one of the areas of one of the investments from a health perspective that you guys have invested in, and maybe tell us about the theme and the opportunity and, you know, how the investment that you made with one of the companies in this space can translate to an exciting future in that, in that specific problem. Totally. So I think, um, Ubiome is a, is a really good example of one that, um, unlocks new sorts of information and can take us first I guess to personalized medicine because obviously there's a huge role for them to play in all of this new data they're unlocking across their different tests so uh, if you're not familiar there they offer um, testing for um, flu for GI related conditions like IBS um, as well as sexual health and others um, and it's extremely extremely consumer friendly I think again it's tapping into this mindset um, that 23andMe first realized that folks are curious, folks want to understand more about their bodies and um, kind of their own biometrics in a way that I don't, uh, has not been fully realized before without this cheap technology um, mm -hmm. that's easily applied in home settings. And so you're taking that and you can apply that either to uh, more personalized healthcare and really empower consumers to understand uh, their health needs in a, in a totally new way, um, while also contributing to like a whole new data set for drug discovery, um, which is like has a huge amount of potential to change how we treat uh, chronic conditions uh, as well as prevent. Um, folks from or like allowing people to modify their behavior to prevent people from developing conditions that they're predisposed to so i think that's a great one in terms of like radical like radical technological improvements that have lost the cost of these set of these sequencing and the testing in a way that appeals to consumers and appeals to their desire to really understand and actively manage their wellness um and just giving somebody a new toolkit with more information i think in the future, what I'm really excited about, and I, and I know there's a ton of um, ton of kind of writing and people smarter than I am about uh, centralized longitudinal health records, but the idea of being able to take these disparate sources of new information that's coming online as through wearables or sensors or new types of diagnostics and combining that with um, medical records and labs. Um, to create this comprehensive picture of a person's well-being, both for mm -hmm. them and for their providers and for researchers, is you know one of those 
dreams that I'm maybe naively and still uh, really hopeful for the future. And I think Ubiome is, is a really interesting example of like adding to that um, mm -hmm. data set. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, uh, yeah, you buy an incredible product and a whole set of data that, you know, really wasn't even thought about too much two or three years ago right now. It, now it's almost created this whole other category of like, you know, not just new sets of data, but new sets of data that really makes a difference in someone's health that can tell a big story. Uh, just like your, you know, your other investment whoop, you know, obviously it's more from a fitness perspective. It's like a, feels like a super Fitbit, right. For, for mm -hmm. athletes. Uh, and that's unlocking a whole other set of performance data, right. That could, could make itself into a consumer setting. Um, so Lily, you guys invest in consumer facing startups, but to solve probably the, the health record problem and all these different disparate data sources, a lot of that data is from an enterprise perspective as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, you take into the interesting thing is probably you're seeing like what we're seeing as well. You know, there's a lot more willingness for enterprise companies, APIs, collaborations, integrations that kind of combine these data sets. Um, but uh, and there's also an interesting phenomenon, as you, you and I know, of, of this fee for value movement and, and interesting you know, payment models or innovative payment models that are happening. So really exciting times. Uh, one, would you like to share some thoughts or your mindset on, you know, these data sources on what are some things that need to get in, in place and how does that work with, you know, on the payment side, right? These providers and payers, there's all these different data sources. Any thoughts or, or ideas to share in this space that you see as promising? Totally. Um, I mean, in terms of data exchange, I think uh, we have come a long way. Mm -hmm. um, I think with, I mean, just even looking at EHRs, um, I know they've come under a huge amount of fire, especially recently um, for problems with patient matching or accuracy of data, which I think can be solved for actually with when you add new types of information um, to, bit, to better triangulate and better match patients, but that's a separate, uh, separate conversation. Um, and just, but just taking the example of like data change EHRs, there's totally cultural um, and economic uh, hurdles to overcome with like robust data sharing between these um, major legacy players. But I think mm -hmm. I am pretty hopeful in terms of the fire standards and uh, data networks like care quality, like Commonwealth coming together and really seeing a plus and even, you know, uh, maybe surface level, but hopefully more than that, buy-in from the biggest software vendors that uh, they're really going to be committed to interoperability. And then after that, after, you know, you have structured data and, and data standards that uh, everybody's adhering to, then there, of course, are the challenges that remain of making that useful to providers. Um, and so I think things around which we don't get to invest a ton in, but we can, especially if there's a consumer-facing element or if it will power, if, if some of the piping that will power digital health interventions, um, or provider interactions with patients. Um, but some of that infrastructure and piping around like making this useful to the providers um, will come. And I, and I think people are already thinking about how to make um, workflows and improve data sharing and just like actually integrate it into directly into a provider's workflow uh, now that there are more data centers and more open APIs. So I think that we're moving in the right direction. And I think the recent CMS regulations coming out around hopefully getting strict around data blocking um, we'll see us get to a place where data is really interoperable, um, and then it's up to 
new companies to come out and make it really useful to providers and actionable to, for both providers and payers. Um, and I think that there are a bunch of really smart folks that are, that are looking at that and are seeing this moment um, as like the moment where interoperability and data standards are like really, I think, hopefully starting to take off. So that also right. might be a, a longer time horizon, but I am a seed stage investor. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so we, we have to get comfortable with long term uh, horizons. Absolutely. Absolutely, Lily. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting. And so, it, it, you know, you have like, you know, five main core health investments right now, but really like almost all your investments are like health related on a long enough time horizon, right? So you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong, like investors in, in, in Lyft and, you know, your investors in like, um, uh, you know, educational tools for kids, right? Which could deliver mm -hmm. really good health content and help shape the way that kids think of their own health. Uh, Sweet Green, which I love. <laughs> Blue Bottle, which everyone goes to, right? Hampton Creek, which is good eggs, you know, these impossible foods, these are, they're defining like the definition of food. Um, tell us mm -hmm. a little, on this show, as you've probably heard a couple of episodes, we big hot topics, social determinants of health, you know, social factors affect people's health more than anything. And right. And so some of these investments that you guys do, transportation, supporting food insecurity, support, supporting um, new food concepts, right? Tell us a little bit about how these other investments in all these other categories, how, how they could affect health in the future. Along those lines, just love to openly hear about your vision of the future when it comes to healthcare. Totally. Um, so I think uh, you mentioned a few. Um, there is definitely that was a nine questions. Theme. That was nine. That was nine questions. <laughs> just, just to clarify. <laughs> but but I, I, you do pull out a, on a good point, um, and I think it's something particularly true in healthcare, and that I'm really excited about, um, both from like the data collection perspective of having all of these new ways to um, document parts of people's lives um, that historically might not be easily uh, documented in you know a traditional intake with a primary care provider you get all this information about how much people are walking what their air quality is like what they're eating um which i think you know is a huge step into to making healthcare services that are personalized and are able to really address the social determinants of health so um i think there's one aspect of oh, we're really excited to back companies um, that are either doing digital health interventions or healthcare services that can take on and, and tackle uh, social determinants of health. So like things that we're, you know, watching from the sidelines, but are, you know, are really interested in are things like Oak Street Health or City Block, um, which are really, I think, some of the pioneers of um, making a very comprehensive, holistic uh, primary care model um, that addresses social determinants of health. Um, so that's kind of just like on the on the traditional like what we would look for in a healthcare investment. But mm -hmm. um, it's definitely when we think of anything in food, we always think of is this better for somebody's health? And that's a huge theme is around um, both you know physical well being as well as sustainability. So um, we have a lot of investments in alternative meat. We have an investment in uh, actually a cellular based meat company, um, and that's something that we think all about in terms of how that connects all the way through our portfolio for sure um, and then I think the other you mentioned one of our other things is around money and I think um, as a consumer fund outside of just healthcare delivery something we're really excited about in the future is thinking through healthcare financing so as mm -hmm. the rise as we see health, high deductible health plans you know really taking off and hitting like 40% of 
all people enrolled in private plans and cost sharing is really the burden of cost sharing is falling more and more onto individual consumers and people are even if they have great insurance are becoming aware that they are paying for things out of pocket um how do we think about how people are going to pay for healthcare when it's something that is also a huge stressor for people and like 25% of people forego necessary medical care because they can't afford it and all of these factors. So I think uh, that's another thing that we think a lot about in the future as, you know, as we're seeing movements and other pushes from CMS for price transparency and like charge masters to be released. How do we invest in companies that are going to make, um, you know, shopping for healthcare possible? And if that's not possible yet, um, like based on a cost, um, and quality basis, um, how we're going to invest and support companies that are making it easier for folks to save for healthcare um, mm -hmm. and making like really useful savings products um, that people can save for immediate healthcare expenses and in the long term, since long term care is, um, you know, one of the greatest expenses people will have to face as they turn 65 and think about um, how to budget for that. So those I think are themes that we're really excited to explore um, and that we think are really critical given kind of how payment models are shifting and, and consumers are picking up more of the of the healthcare dollar. Um, so yeah, so that, that's some of the stuff that we think about kind of related to and not exactly in, in healthcare delivery, but right alongside it is um, innovations to help people afford and manage their healthcare spend. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, super powerful, vast, um, some really compound, uh, not just topics and investments that you guys are doing, but um, some big societal shifts that you guys are placing some bets on. I mean, I know, you know, you know, these things are going to shape our future of health. Um, absolutely within five years, but definitely in greater than five years, right? A lot of these things are going to become the norm and it's, it's hard to envision now, but you know, someone was just pointing out the other day, like the iPhone's almost barely 10 years old. Right. And so, um, it's just amazing, like how, uh, some of these things start to shift, but they start to sh take shape and form. So really enthused about, uh, well, first of all, thank you for sharing your origin story, your background, really super exciting. I mean, obviously you've been a lot of the places, the Ashoka mindset that you're bringing to collaborative fund. It's pretty profound, it makes a big difference, obviously, the way you guys think of impact in, in health and the convergence of finance, you know, tech, consumer, uh, you know, kids' health, education, and health itself. Um, Lily, this was great. Love to have you back on the show as you guys make more more, more bets and <laughs> your dollars, but as you guys just see more trends in the market and see what's going on, it's a very fascinating time in health right now. Uh, let me ask you, if what would be a good way for, if you want some of our listeners to interact with you or engage with you, what would be a good way to um, engage with you? Yeah, totally. I'd love to hear from folks. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm not the most active either, but I'm definitely on um, at lburnaker, or you can always email me at lowly at collaboratefund.com. Um, would love to, love to chat more about healthcare. Super, super. Um, this was great having you on. Thank you for sharing your, your mindset, your perspective, and your passion about this space with us. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for people that are super passionate about health. Lily, thank you again for being on the show and for spending time with us. This was great. Yeah, it was a bunch of fun. Thank you. Great, great. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Thank you.